Hello, I'm Ken. I'm Nicole. This is Under the Umbrella. The off-season. Yes, off-season. We've got, hopefully, the Umbrella Academy coming back for season three in early 2022. But until then, we are doing The Magicians. Yes. Which we are just getting going on right now. Yeah. Yes. And we're our schedule is tenuous yes. at best. Our kiddo just started kindergarten this last week and a half ago, I think. Yeah. We've got, yeah, we've got a bunch of crazy going on, which is why, again, we've not been consistent with our recording. Yeah. We're trying. We promise. <laughs> We're trying. And, you know, I, I found it, like, I like watching The Magicians, mm-hmm. but, like, talking about it, I'm like... Yeah. yeah. So, so, I realized the other day... Mm. I feel about the magicians the same way so far I feel about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Now, watching Game of Thrones, I only made it through like the first couple episodes of season two. So I got through season, season one. one. Oh, no, I got yeah. through season one. Mm-hmm. And then I got through the first couple episodes of season two. And that was the first time I tried to watch it. Probably I tried to watch it. like most of our listenership right now. Probably. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mea culpa. Um, not Catholic, but whatever. Did you say mea culpa? Mea culpa. Yes. What does that even mean? I don't know. It's Catholic. Oh. It's Latin. It's Latin? <laughs> it's like, forgive me, I think. Anyway, it doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> so that was the first time I watched it. The second time, I didn't even get through all of season one before I was like, fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And it's not because I don't like the story or the show. Mm-hmm. It's because I get so bored in the moment. Like, I want, I want to like it. I want to watch it and I want to get through it because I know the story gets so good and there's so much to it. Except for the eighth season. Apparently, that's just a slap in the Apparently, face. Apparently, that's just trash, yeah. So, I'm kind of glad I didn't get hooked on it. Yeah. But I feel the same about The Magicians. Like, I I want to continue watching it, and I want to know the story. I mean, I probably could get this just by reading the books if I really wanted to. <laughs> um, which, I thought about reading The Magicians, the book, but I decided not to since Wait, there's a book? There's, it's based on a book. Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought about reading the book, but since we're watching the show for the podcast, I decided not to. Mm-hmm. I might later. We'll see. But yeah, but that's how I feel. Like I like I know there's storylines that get really good. Mm-hmm. I know there's more to it, and I really want to get there. But I feel like it's kind of like a slog getting through it. Mm-hmm. So especially the second time we're watching, because remember we already watched the first nine episodes together. Yeah. And then decided to do it as a podcast. So hopefully once we get to like episode ten, it'll be a little more exciting for me again. Right. Um. But. I'm still liking it. It's just that, like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm feeling a bit more sarcastic toward it than I am toward, like, the Umbrella Academy and the Marvel stuff we watch. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, maybe I'm just jaded at this point. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I still like it. I'm yeah. still enjoying it. It's just a little harder to get myself excited about. Right. But we're in it now. We're going to do this. We're in it. We're doing it. At least for the first season. <laughs> then we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm still hoping. My I still predict February, maybe early March, but February 2022, Umbrella Academy season three. That's my prediction. Still February. remains so. Yes, okay, well, February. Hopefully. Yes, and there was. They actually just did an interview. Like the cast of Umbrella Academy did an interview the other day. I'm going to post it on the um, Facebook page as okay. well. So if you are one of our Umbrella Academy fans slash listeners, it'll be up there probably in a day or two. Awesome. Yes, if awesome, it's not ready, awesome. depending on when this is up. But. 
<laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's good. I, I watched the first little bit of it. We were out of town this weekend, so I didn't get to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. But I watched a little bit of it, and it's good. So I'm going to finish watching it, and then I'm going to post it on, on the Facebook page. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. Uh, we got um, uh, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Come say hi, and we'll interact with you back. Yep. Um, we got some stuff in the pipeline. We're thinking about um, maybe starting a Discord server that people can come talk to us on, knowing that we only have like eight people, but it'd be kind of cool just to hang out with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some ideas for the starting of um, the Umbrella Academy season three, mm-hmm. such as maybe um, doing like a live stream afterwards of yeah, us talking we're about it live it might just be like us watching that first episode just immediately hopping on mm-hmm. the podcast and just like spewing our notes or our, you know thoughts at you yeah. we don't know yet yeah. but um, something to celebrate because we're excited yeah we're excited it's several it. months away we're still really excited <laughs> and um so we're kind of we got some stuff in the works that we're gonna be working on in the next i'd say month or so um the discord server will probably be up um this week so anyway, uh, if you guys want to come hang out with us, stay tuned to the uh, Facebook page. Um, if you need to, if you want to get a hold of us, kn.umbrella at gmail.com. Um, and I am still slowly working on getting coasters, coasters done. Yeah, the coasters yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to I gotta redo some of the design and get it back over to 3D printing. And then we can start making... Um, real things anyway we'll let you guys know when that comes up um and i've babbled enough incoherently why don't you give us a synopsis all right so this is magicians Mm -hmm. season one episode three um quinton and julia have an unexpected and volatile reunion my goodness i cannot say that word reunion why not Penny, I have no idea. Never been able to say it. <laughs> Penny is overwhelmed by the power of his own psychic abilities. Alice is determined to find out what happened to her missing brother at any cost. <laughs> at any, I mean, I kind of feel like at any, like the cost that she had to pay was very minimal. Right. Well, I, I think it would have been a lot worse. Could have been. I think she's willing to, to pay any price. Gotcha. Willing. Not necessarily forced to. <laughs> so we open with Julia and Pete, mm-hmm. and Pete's telling her that now that she's in, it's time to learn some magic, but don't get excited. It's got to be slow at first. And her mm-hmm. response is, yeah, I don't really do slow. And she's um, a fucking Harvard, like... Right? Yale. Person, yeah. Yale person. Like, you know, I don't know. It seems like she has the capacity to do that kind of right? thing. Right. Well, so we've obviously seen more episodes, but at this point, this is where I first thought they are totally gonna get it on at some point like she julia and Pete, it's gonna happen <laughs> so then we've got unfortunate right um the dean mm-hmm. uh dean fog is lecturing dean he's fog that's his name that's his name fog, fog. Fog. Oh, okay yeah um so yeah so he is lecturing the students mm-hmm. he's got he's you know obviously alive and walking he's got his glasses or his um, gloves on he's got these super dark glasses right. and we hear him lecturing with shots of julia working magic being while she's being helped by marina at mm-hmm. the same time yeah and it's very clear that like it's a message to the students but julia is going against everything that he's saying yeah. so uh basically he's talking about it's uh, you know, being a magician is about getting power over yourself over the elements mm-hmm. um 
around like you know the, the world that exists around you um power doesn't come cheap and then it talks about you know like there's reasons we teach this curriculum the way we do you don't skip around and it shows like julia like very clearly skipping around to like different types of magic yeah. and different things i um, mean you know we don't focus on the wrong things lack of guidance these are all really dangerous um there's certain energy certain spells that are too powerful for a magician alone and if you lose control they turn against you yeah um they're going to kill you they're going to consume you change you into something else and he takes his glasses off at this point his eyes are there but he's he's blind they're fog yeah. yeah like you he's he's blind um and then he says now that i have your attention um so this is all the same as like you know julia is obviously not going about learning magic in what break bills considers to be the right way right which, so yeah she's like I mean, basically being a hedge witch sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doing her thing with the hedge witches. <laughs> um, so then the dean tells them that they're going to um, test the students to, to like figure out what like their area of con- concentration is, their discipline is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, you know, it's what, it is what they already are, but with like the right teaching and the right guidance, they're going to be able to learn more about it. And then you'll find your scheduled times and invitations inside your bags. And Quentin's like, whoa, inside the bag. And it's like this like really nice like yeah, boss. Like yeah, yeah, it's like this great it's card. It's like a tarot card. Yeah, he, and he's like, his like mind is blown by how awesome it is that it's in his bag already. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, dude. <laughs> You've um, seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really, like this. This is what excites you? Yeah. All right, Quentin, sure. <laughs> um, so then we have Julia leaving a message for the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, James? i think his name is yeah james it's uh, uh julia and james James. yeah and she's like standing like outside in the alley and she's um you know saying she oh i'm sorry i just got your message lies um <laughs> after she, he left five yes and he's like i'm sorry i got stuck i'll be home as soon as i can you know i love you whatever mm-hmm. and then pete comes out and they talk they're totally gonna get it on like after this and he's you like it so? never gets old having a secret you've got magic and they don't better yeah. than money Better than sex. Yeah. He's like, well, I guess that one depends. And Julia's like, okay, weirdo. Yeah, she's like, um, and, and she tells him that James is actually really cool. He hardly notices that she's so busy because they're both busy with school, but she's obviously not busy with school. She's mm-hmm. busy with magic. Yeah. He's busy with school. Yeah. Um, and then he tells her that, you know, like everyone juggles all this. Like you have, you know, you, there's people that you know that are not part of this world. So everyone juggles it. Um, she's doing great, but don't forget to manage your shit. You don't want your boyfriend getting worried and following you right to the safe house. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, I've got it covered. I've got it covered. And he was like, I know you do. So, gross. yeah. Like, this guy is so <laughs> gross. I mean, it just takes me back to like the first, like the episode we first see him and he like, he like, when he like ties her basically up and tries like, to rape say, her with magic. And he's yeah, like, I he's would like, never do I that. I would never do that. And you're like, I'm like, sorry. You just tried. You would. If she hadn't stopped him, how far do you think he would have gone? Like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He wasn't going to stop on his own. No. I mean, I know the whole point was to, like, force her to use her powers to stop him. But what if he was wrong and she didn't have any powers or was too scared to use them? Mm-hmm. What was he going to do? Yeah, right. He's a dick. Anyway. No means no, Pete. Okay. <laughs> no means no. Um, so now we've got the dean. He's looking at, like, various glasses in his office with uh, Professor March. Is the guy's name? Or March? Is that what his name is? March or Marsh. I couldn't quite tell. Mm-hmm. I think it's March. Um, but yeah, they're looking at like different kinds of glasses and he's like, yes, these are promising. I get a strong sense of blues and pinks. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> this is that Alice Quinn um, who like walks in mm-hmm. to the room. So Alice is there now. He tells her to have a seat. Uh, and he's kind of talking about like his um, his eyesight. I guess his office at one time was upstairs 
And he's moved to this office now because he comments on the fact that he prefers an office that he can reach without falling down three flights of stairs that he can't see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, so I'm like, did he fall down the stairs? Like, is that like why he moved his office? Like before, before even thinking of it. No, like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think, I think Dean Fogg um, doesn't uh, or calculates everything before stuff happens. So I'm sure that he's like to remain dignified. Right. He's like, I'm just going to avoid that. I do. I'm. I kind of hope that he was like, oops, fuck, I fell on the stairs. Get in my <laughs> office now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. I, I have a feeling that he's more calculating than that. And he yeah. like knew. He was like, I can't walk up and down three flights of stairs. Move my office, please. But I kind of hope he fell down the stairs a little bit. Um, anyway. <laughs> so he tells nice. Alice it's going to be quick. Show Professor March what you can do. She does her thing with the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see Quentin. He is talking with Professor Sunderland, doing his like weird, twitchy, manic speaking thing. Yeah, for for being the quote unquote chosen one, right? He is really not very good at magic. Which makes me wonder if he is the chosen one. I mean, I know we'll find out more as we get further into the show, mm-hmm. but yeah. And I'm sure if you've seen the whole show, there are many spoilers coming ahead. Yeah. But at this point, right now, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, we're even what. Ten episodes in, and I still don't feel like he's the chosen one. Right? Yeah. Um, so we've got, like, there's flashes of Professor Sunderland and Quentin doing their thing. And then also, um, there's also Alice and Dean and Professor Marsh kind of, like, flashing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Quentin's talking about how he used to do a lot of coin and card tricks. And I guess sometimes, like, I actually use real magic. And... Um, She's like, oh, predictions. It could be psychic. Mm-hmm. And vanishing could mean illusions or physical magic. And she's like, oh, curious. And he's like, what? What's curious? And, yeah. and she's like, well, try holding these. <laughs> and <laughs> She gives him all sorts of stuff. Yeah, she's like handing him all these different things. Um, and yeah, so like she hands him like a plant. And he's like, okay, what? And she's like, just stare at it. And he's like, okay. And she's like, definitely not an herbalist. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like trying super hard to like figure out what it is he's doing. She was like just a pile of crap on her desk. Yes. And we've got um, like Alice, like they're having her like think of the alphabet in Greek. No, that Mm. doesn't work. Or maybe that was Quentin. That was Quentin. Once again, my script does not tell me who is saying what. Alice does one thing and then they meet up at the, they meet up at the uh, cafe. Okay. And then they kind of flash back and forth, I believe. Yeah. Well, I know they flash back and forth a little bit, and they um, see like, very lovely Miss Quinn, so clean, very advanced. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, she's physical magic, and that's what yeah. she is. Um, so then we've got Quentin and Alice are talking in the cafe, mm-hmm. and apparently Quentin is undetermined. Undetermined or undecided? Undetermined, oh. because they couldn't figure it out. And um, Alice is like, wait, is that even possible? Like, can they do that? And he was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sunderland said it happens. So they're going to try to test me again next year. Um, so she drinks her tea. Just how I like it, by the way. Um, basically, she's got a bug of sugar with a little bit of tea in it, <clears throat> which makes it fantastic. A bug of sugar? <laughs> a bit of or a bunch of sugar, a mug full of sugar with a bit of tea in it. Okay, because you said a bug of sugar. No, I said a mug of sugar. You said a bug. <sighs> I could, lo- I could put it back. We're going right to have to listen to the replay later. Anyway, doesn't matter. Alice <laughs> likes her tea super sweet. So do I. Yeah. Apparently we're besties. Oh, you're besties? <laughs> you're gonna, you want to be besties with her? No, really not, actually. No, she no. seems... She would annoy me. <clears throat> um, anyway, so Alice's discipline is phosphoromancy. Yeah. Um, so she can bend light. And Quentin's like, holy shit! And yeah. she's like, there are areas that are way cooler than this. Yeah. And he's like, are you kidding me? You have light bending power. And she's like, okay. And he's like, I'm a nothing mancer. <laughs> nothing mancer or a squat mancer, squat as he puts mancer. it. Yeah. 
And she's like, well, if you're undetermined, then why are you assigned to the cottage? And he, he goes, literally, they have extra space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's like, okay, come on, afterthought. Um, <laughs> yeah, afterthought. <laughs> oh, so, and she, um, Alice comments that, you know, at least they have that allegedly mind-blowing signature cocktail. It can't be all that bad. <laughs> um, so they get to the physical kids' cottage, mm-hmm. the uh, PKC, if you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the the door is locked and unopenable and they're standing out there like what the what the fuck do we do there's yeah. no like doorbell do we just go in like what do we do and there's a, a sign that says let yourselves in uh which right. they realize means they have to figure out how to get in there uh-huh. uh which they both agree that they're a bunch of dicks basically <laughs> you're a bunch of dicks yeah le- yeah <laughs> but i mean it makes kind of sense like it is the physical kid dorm and they do right? need to like they do need to like figure it out, right? Yeah, it's part of their whole thing. Yeah, they you know prove they can get in there. They yeah. wait till they can. Um, so they both they're clearly out there for a while, and you can see them like sitting there. And they're both like all annoyed. Yeah. And Quentin's like, "This might actually be hard." No, Alice says, "This might actually be hard." Yeah. <laughs> like I can't figure this out. And then Quentin's like, "Hey, what about your light bendy thing?" And then they start talking about um burning ants. He's like, "Have you ever like like burned ants when you were a kid like with a magnifying glass?" And she's like, "No, that's horrifying." And <laughs> Alice is totally right. It is horrifying. I I did it, but I lit them on fire with matches. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You we were, had this thing. We had this thing when I was a kid, uh vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. obviously. Anyway, uh one of the things that like one of the crafts was these crosses that we made with mat like burnt matches. And we had to, and my mom would put, yeah, my mom and I, or my mom would put my brother and me to light boxes of matches. Just like, she'd be like, here's 40 boxes of matches, go light them all. (laughs) And so we would sit on our front porch and just, and put them down. Put them down. But the neighbors thought that was really cool. I mean, they were like walking by your house going, what the fuck are those kids doing with the matches? Apparently, I mean, allegedly, you, you could light a match. And if there's an ant walking by, you could light the ant on fire and it would keep walking into the grass. So I'm pretty sure we almost left the grass on fire. But it Sounds was, uh, right. yeah, you know. Sounds like something you and your brother would have done. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I feel horrible about it because it's a creature. But yeah. Anyway. By the way, now this is a man who like doesn't like killing spiders for me. Probably, so yeah. yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> Anyhow, so she like makes a like magnifying glass out of her fingers, mm-hmm. like kind of like the okay hand signal hand symbol excuse me and um she bends the light with her hand and she burns a hole in the front door mm-hmm. and quentin like unlocks it and opens it and goes phosphoromancy bitches <laughs> woo and yeah. they're like okay yeah and this is where <laughs> quentin or margo and elliot are sitting there and they're like what took you so long i'm starving <laughs> and, <laughs> and then they they get the like their signature cocktail mm-hmm. signature cocktail yes and then um, we've got, like, later on, Elliot and Margot are, like, sitting across the room. And Margot comments on Elliot and um, his first-year boys. And what is your obsession with the flavor of the month? Yeah. Which I can't, I don't understand what year Elliot is with this school. Forever. Because I thought it was three years. But all of the third-year class is gone, except for four. Unless Elliot's one of the four? I don't but know. But you think he would know what's happening to them, then. Right, because he doesn't know. Um, so, I, like, I I thought he was second year, but he, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, he could just be there. I mean, 
Now I'm wondering the other four years of this school. And... Well, he, they they told Quentin that it was a three year university. Yeah. But I'm wondering if they know that Margot and Elliot are supposed to be part of the like chosen. So, so they were like, there or something? yeah, they were like, oh, yours is uh, six six years, you know, <laughs> something like that. So they're just there. Or or he's doing like a um, uh, masters or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know. I assume we'll find an answer later, or probably never, because that's how this show kind of works. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Elliot Fonz is, he's a super high-strung, or he's a high-strung super nerd. We love those. Mm-hmm. And everyone really likes the phrase super nerd in this show. Like, I, I, I had never heard anyone referred to as a super nerd, and we hear it all the time in the show. Like, Quentin even refers to himself as a super nerd. I know. It's like the, the, um, it's like the, um, uh, writers were like, hey, yeah, he's like he's like not a geek, but he's like a, <laughs> he's like a nerd. But no, no, he's really into this like uh, this this uh, magical book series. He's not thing. just a nerd. He's, he's a super nerd. nerd. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's a, magical. He's a magical nerd. <laughs> he's a magical nerd. So he's he's super. Um, yeah, and then we go to Alice and uh, Quentin sitting there, and mm-hmm. Alice tells him that she. She starts. She she blah, 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 blah. she tar- starts to talk about the beast and uh, the spell they used to call him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and she's saying she's like, it should have worked. I've gone over it a million times. Mm-hmm. And Quentin's like, should have worked. You're saying it like you want to do it again. And she, he's like, wait, wait, you don't want to try it again, right? And she's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She even tells him she's like, I need to know the truth. And he's like, dude, that spell. No, we can't do it. And um, he was like, it was a phone call. We made contact, but he didn't pick up. The Beast did. Yeah. And and she's like, but yeah, but the question still is, where's Charlie? And Yeah. And then uh, he gets super excited and like asks if she's read uh, Tovolsky now. I can't remember how you say it. Tukolosky? Tukolosky? I don't remember. Tuklosky. Yeah, it's the. It's, I have it written here, but I can't pronounce it. <laughs> can't Some it's, obscure. No, no, book. it's it's the um, it's his books. Yeah. Right. I think it's, so. It's the um, the books that. Yeah, it's like his magic books, his school books, right? No, it's it's the guy who wrote about um the the other place. Not Fillory. This is not the Fillory books. It's not Fillory. No. This oh. is one of their school books. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's one of their one of like their educational magician cool. books. Cool. Well, I totally misread that 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 stuff. Yeah, but. no, the Fillory books were written by Christopher somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, he goes back into like his twitchy manic super nerdiness, mm-hmm. and he talks about how you'll find like these deceased spirits that have a simple locator spell if they want to be found. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "That's stupid." Or no, she says that's stupid. No, she tells him he's stupid. Yeah, you're stupid. Yeah. And then she instantly regrets it. <laughs> yeah, she'll give like, a stupid face. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny too because he like he takes it like that she's not drunk and she's actually telling him he's stupid and it's like and he's like, "Oh, sad puppy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he like kind of like hollers out, "Does anyone have a match?" And as they're going, they're mm-hmm. walking around. Um. She's like, it's not working. He's like, just keep walking. I'm like, okay, yeah. finally. And the match ignites. Which, uh, in front of a fountain. Yes. But th- there's other stuff. Over- so this annoys me. It's One of them says, guess, it's Wolf Fountain because that's where they're at. But there's mm-hmm. other stuff around. There's a building right there. There's people around. I think Wolf like, Fountain is oldest. Possibly. But that's not what they were looking for. 
they weren't looking for the oldest thing. They were looking for a specific spirit. So yeah. they're standing there. They're a good like 20 yards away from the fountain, which is over to like to the side of them, not even in the direction they were walking. Well, no. But it's it... parallel to them. But all of a sudden they're like, I guess it's here. And it's like, why did it have to be there? It could have been anywhere in that area. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so the, ha- the fountain happened to be near them when it ignited. So they're so sure that it's the fountain they're looking for. Obviously it is. But right here, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why? They're not even walking toward the fountain. Um, you don't have to be walking toward it. They're like, it's like it's a, a it's locator like a, it's spell. It's like a radius, like around something. Yeah, so and they they touched the edge of the radius and went. No, they're like they're like right in the middle of the fountain. If it was gonna flare up as they're walking to the like by yeah, the fountain, it should have happened like as circle, they were near the if fountain. If you have a circle, and you're walking, and you hit a tangent of that circle, mm-hmm. it you. It still shouldn't be the like very center of the fountain. Well, that's how they knew it was the fountain. Yeah, it was not. They just know because it moves the story along. That's all. I don't think so. I think so. I, I don't. I don't think so. Anyhow, Alice says she never liked the fountain. Um, Quentin says that Elliot says it's enchanted as shit and supposedly <laughs> bottomless. So you know the physics love it or the psychics love it. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, suicide fountain is what they call it. That's Alice saying that. And he's like, you don't think your brother? And she's like, no, no. He wasn't that kind of guy. He was the kind of guy who always wanted to fix things for everyone around him. Spoiler. <laughs> um, he was really, really good. Is it spoiler or foreshadowing? Foreshadowing, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And then she mentions, you know, the, the spell she did on the first day of class with the glass horse. He taught her that. It was like his signature thing. Mm-hmm. And and she's like, okay, let's go. Nothing's happening. Oh. And then, you know, back to what I was saying before about how this fountain, you know, may not be the real thing. Creepy dead hand kind of like pops up out of the fountain as they're walking and away. So, off. yeah, yeah. So flips them off. So obviously <laughs> something's happening to this fountain. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's the only logical place that is around them. We don't know what else is there. Who knows what's in that big building I mean, right there? They know what Who knows what's in the woods just beyond the fountain? There's a lot of stuff happening there. A lot of people around, too. There could have been a lot of other things happening besides that fountain. But they have to sit around the fountain. So, whatever. It's the fountain. It's just poorly thought out, okay? Anyhow. We I don't have... think it's as poorly thought out as you think it is. <laughs> I Honestly. think that the, the locator spell they use to find the spirit is the poorly thought out part. Not that it, not that it's in the fountain. That makes sense. Why why would be why would the the spell they use be poorly thought out? Because it doesn't actually take them to the fountain. It, takes it did them near, take them to the fountain. It takes them near the fountain, and, and then they have to use their brains to go. Oh, it's probably this fountain. Except right for there, they don't look at anything else. They literally they're yeah they, because they it's up a and they're non- like fountain and they walk over. Be, but but it, it's just a nondescript like it's a nondescript building. It's nondescript. Woods. It wasn't even like it's somewhere around here. Let's check the fountain. It was just like oh boom, we're right here, twenty feet away. There's a fountain. That must be it. Like there's not even like anything else that could potentially be happening. What what is wrong with you? <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> anyway it's annoying now moving on we have no 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 i'm sorry i don't think you're right i i i uh i think it took them exactly where they needed to be like wolf it did we know it did that's where they were supposed to go but what annoys me is that they didn't like there wasn't any other thought well, because there's nothing else around there. There was other. There was a building right there. There was like, and that's where like Charlie like I don't know bamfs over to the building later on. Like, there's a building there. Because it's, it's a dorm. They know it's a dorm. We don't know it's a dorm. 
She ran later in the episode. She runs out of it. That's mm. why she's in front of Wolf Building. No, she just runs to. He runs out of it then. He runs down the steps and she's there. Yeah, but I, the steps go down from another like sidewalk area too. It didn't have to be from that building. Doesn't matter though. They're looking for a spirit. There's a lot of places a spirit could be. Just because they happen to be next to the fountain, I don't understand why that's like their first logical thought. Because it's bottomless. But they didn't even like talk about that until after they're both like, oh yeah, it's the fountain. Like, no. But there's, everything else is nondescript. It's like... Oh, there's a dorm. You cool. don't know that because they don't show you anything else. But, honey, they, they stop right in front of it. They're not like, right in front of it. They're walking on the sidewalk parallel to it, like 20 feet away from it. Okay. There's okay. other stuff okay. around them. You have a match. Uh-huh. That's supposed to ignite mm-hmm. when you get near the spirit. Yes. Here's your match. Okay. Take your match. I have my match. Okay. You're walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't really have anything to get in context. You're walking down the street. There's a library right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like right over there is like a fountain. Mm-hmm. And then there's some woods over there. Mm-hmm. You're walking. You pass the entrance of the library. And then your match ignites when you're parallel with the fountain. The building was already parallel with the fountain. Okay. So you... But... Fine, I'll give you that. In fact, they were closer to the building than they were to the fountain. I don't think so. They were. I think they were in the middle. Who doesn't matter, though? Like, but you're looking at the fountain and you're like, okay, that's inherently magical. And you're looking at the building and you're like... Why would I assume the the building is not inherently magical if the fountain is? It's a fountain. That's like like the whole point, is that they've talked about what fountain before. Uh, I know, but the... Like, there are magical beings that are inside of these buildings, too. Like, there are crazy things that happen at this school that they don't know about or understand. So, why is it automatic? Because it's because like... Because they happen to be near the fountain. Because that is the landmark. Wolf Fountain is the landmark. Because they tell us it is. Yeah, but it is, like, that is the thing. Yeah. See, I still think it's... Th- that That's the only interesting thing around them. I think it's a poor storytelling technique... To not have them like even remotely look around or question, but what why could, the what it could the be. the fountain is the biggest like is is the most interesting thing in that whole scene. As far as they show us, okay, those but that's, woods could be pretty interesting. There could be an issue. What if the spirit is actually in the sidewalk just below where they're standing? How do they know unless they think about it? They don't think about it. Your argument is what the match you, lights you are up using, you are using, and they're like, oh, you, look directly to my left and there's are, a fountain. That you, must be what's happening. You are using the argument you hate, the what if argument. Yeah, because there are to too, too many what ifs. There are too many what ifs here. Yes, you, obviously you it's hate, the fountain hate, now I'm that sorry, we know. No, you hate that argument <laughs> for other reasons. <laughs> and you're using it here. What, what you're referring to is whataboutism. I hate whataboutism. This is not whataboutism. Yes, this, is, is. this is what no, if because no, there were a it's, bunch it's of other No, because options. You're, saying, you're specifically saying what about the building? No, what about because those woods? there's nothing to indicate that it, should, that it was the fountain. It's the only interesting thing in the scene. You don't know that. You don't the, know the show, that at all. The, honey, the show intent, it shows you that is the only interesting thing in that scene. No, they don't. Not till later. They turn and look at it. That the show is showing you when they when their match goes and it shows you the fountain. The show is literally showing you 
This is the most interesting yes, thing. Again, but the characters, there's more going on there that they see and are aware of. Yeah, but they've been there for months at this point. Yes. And they know what the fountain is. Then there should have been something that shows the viewer that, that explains why when the match goes they off, they automatically though. think it's the fountain. They told you that no, when they, they turned around. They do not. They turn and they're like, no, oh, it's what fountain. This it should have been before that. It should have been before that. They should like they There should have been something at some point in one episode or another that talks about this mystical fountain. And but what, they told what they tell be. you about it right then in the moment. But yeah. as far as the viewer knows, we don't know anything until they're talking about. It. There's something leading up to their thought process that makes them go, "Oh, it's clearly the fountain." There's nothing that tells you in like before it happens. But why it's does crappy that matter? storytelling. What? It's not because it's bad storytelling. Okay, when I do D and D, I'm going to tell you this right now. Okay, if there's something that they need to figure out, that's the only thing in the scene. That's the yeah. only thing that matters. And your people still go the opposite direction all the time. Yeah, but the thing that they, like, but that's their own storytelling. When I tell the story, I'm like, look, here's a sweet, like, this is a goblin who has, you know, a mountain of treasure in the back of a cart. And I don't tell them, like, anything else about the street. They're like, oh, there's that. And they're like, where's that, where's the blacksmith? And you're like, okay, cool. Well, I mean, this is the thing. This mm-hmm. is the thing you need to talk to. So that's the indication that they're... you need to work on your storytelling here, honey. No, it's not because they <laughs> want to do something else. You're just trying to, you're like going, but what else is around? The, the, I, the show, I don't under- the show no, is I, telling you. I think it is poor storytelling that the match goes off and they immediately turn to something that happens to be in the vicinity with nothing to indicate that that is the thing they should be looking at. It's like if you're walking, okay, you're walking and all of a sudden fireworks are going off next to you. You're going to turn, you're going to go, oh, fireworks. I wonder what's going on. That is not, that's basically what they're doing, but there's no fireworks. Why, if, the fountain is the fireworks. But if you're walking and there's no fireworks, why would you turn that direction and go, huh, there's no fireworks here. The I wonder match, what's happening. The match is what does it? The match doesn't point in a specific direction. No, it's just them the, holding it. If they wanted the, you to immediately assume the fountain, the mat should have turned toward the fountain or something. There should have been an did, indicator. They turned, they turned directly to the fountain. They the did. Match. That is not have to do with the story. That is not part of the storytelling. If the match was supposed to indicate the fountain was where they're supposed to go, the mat should have turned toward the fountain Why or would the match in that turn? direction to indicate that's where they're supposed to go. <laughs> But the, the fountain is the only thing. It's not the only thing. It's not. There's a bench near the fountain. There's woods just behind it. There's a statue in the middle of it. Who knows what it could possibly be? There's two. There's a lot of options there, and they don't explore any of them. They just the match goes off, and they go, "Oh, fountain!" Like that's that's bad storytelling. It just is. Obviously, the fountain is where they're going. We learn this in the next thirty seconds, but leading up to that. There's no indication of their thinking or why they immediately turn there. They There's nothing to indicate why. They've been following it around. They've been following a match all over the campus. Yeah, they've been... Yes, the match doesn't indicate anything other than, hey, somewhere around here is what you're supposed to be looking for. The spirit is in the vicinity. Yeah. And it's the spirit. It could be anywhere. Honey, 20 feet. Okay. 20 feet. There, okay. They know how big the radius of the match is supposed to be, right? No. Like in the, no, in the book, no. I'm sure they do. They do not indicate that anywhere in the storyline. Okay. For all we know, the spirit should be right next to them before it goes off. Because they don't tell okay. us. <laughs> You've got to suspend your disbelief here, babe. I agree. That's why they need to tell us in the story. Well, you need to suspend it more. 
they're not going to be like, they're not going to hand you the book through the screen and be like, here's the spell. Look right here. This spell right here is what yeah, they're looking at. But they can but have listen, conversation. They can say it's got to be around here. It's only, it only has a five foot radius. It only has a 20 foot radius. There's one line okay, right there but, that tells us it's somewhere in this area. Okay. The, spat, the match. When you're holding it, it lights up and leans one direction or the other. That tells you, hey, you got to look to your left. Look, there's a fountain no, within 20 feet of us. Why would they do that? Because it gives you an indication okay, of what's but, going look, on. Listen, listen. I don't know why you think this is funny. Like, it's, it's not. Hilarious. I am making a completely sound, logical argument in terms of literature. <laughs> you're talking about what, what about is I am not. You are, because you're like, what about that? What about that? No, I am what not. About that? that is not at all what I'm saying. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You have no idea what whataboutism is if that's what you think this is. No, because I'm serious. You're going, but what about this building? The, the building doesn't matter. Yeah, the thing that's that matters not whataboutism. is the, the words "what about" do not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point because that's because you're going like, well, what about this? Like, tw- okay, if the match has a radius, which you say is 20 feet. No, we don't know what let's it is. Just say, we have no clue. Okay, for argument's sake. Okay. Let's say it's 20 feet. Mm-hmm. They stand 20 feet from that. Fountain. From a bunch of other stuff. Front door mm-hmm. is maybe 20 feet. Obviously, you it's said not they're in the be... middle. They are in the middle. Okay. So if they're standing here, 20 feet radius. Mm-hmm. Okay. They touch on the fountain. Okay. 20 feet is to the fountain. Mm-hmm. 20 feet is like to the front door. Of the actual building. Mm-hmm. There's also other people around. There's benches okay, around. It's not a person. It's not going to be a person. We, we already don't. Know it's not but a we person. don't know what the spirit's supposed to be. It could be someone of following someone. It could just be lounging around on the stairs somewhere. We don't know. They don't give any indication of what they're looking for or where. Because they don't to be. know what they're looking for. They're I, looking for. I know. When the match goes off, they're like, okay, what is the like biggest thing around here? They don't that- look though. The match goes off. They immediately turn. Okay, it it's not. But even- that doesn't. Honey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what else is around. It does matter. The story is fountain. Yes. That but is the leading story. up to it is bad. They have done a bad job setting it up. That's what I'm saying. No, they haven't. They did. How? I have Why? already explained that for okay, the last ten minutes. But listen, now. listen. No, it does everything else doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. The story says fountain. When they get the match, it goes off. Fountain. They Again. don't but they don't need the story doesn't need you to like go investigate this thing and go investigate that thing. I didn't That's say they need to investigate any other. I didn't say that. Stuff. They literally could have done this in two sentences. I'm just saying they don't set it up well. It's bad storytelling in this particular moment. This particular scene is badly done. I don't think it, it is. It is badly written and is badly done. There could have been two sentences in the script that alleviated all of those problems. There's, but Every I, there's one of no them. problems. There are. I've already outlined But them. I'm telling you there's not. I'm telling you right now just there's because, not. Just because you don't agree that they're not problems does not mean they aren't problems. But they aren't. Just because you can skip over them and just go with it is one thing. That's totally separate. I'm just saying that in terms of critiquing a show, that is bad writing. It's not though because they're, they're just trying to move the story on. It doesn't matter. Like their whole like journey to get to this part doesn't matter. It does though. Why? Because they're looking for something. They're trying to find it. It's a big deal. They should make it a big deal. The fountain isn't the only thing that's a big deal. Their yeah, journey the to grand, find it is a big deal. In the grand scheme, Charlie is nothing. In the grand scheme, exactly. Charlie is to get but them But to together. Alice, it is a big deal. 
it's to n- Alice's character. Everything about it is a huge deal. For this the is next... her quest. She's trying to find her brother. Okay, but for the next like half an episode, it's a big deal. The rest of it doesn't matter. She doesn't even care. She hardly cares when he gets trapped in a box. Wow, to, way to jump ahead there. I'm what I'm what I'm but what I'm saying is that her it's basically just a mechanism to get Alice and Quentin like in the same place. I agree. That's the only thing it's and it there was for. Badly done. I don't I don't agree with you. The, this particular scene is not well done. They do fine later on. They do fine once they're talking about the fountain, but this particular scene when they get from point A to point B is badly done. I mean, they could have cut it all out. They could even he could have been like there he could have been said like there's a spell to locate spirits if they want to be found. And then they could And then they could have been at the fountain. fountain. That's fine. That the, so that cuts out that cuts out that whole crap about how they're just walking and suddenly they know where they're where they're supposed the to go. Because the match goes off. Yeah, again, too it's too ambiguous. It's they not, leave it but too it's not open. Ambiguous. It is Why? ambiguous. Again, I've already explained it so many times. Okay. I'm done with well, this listen, argument. No, I'm I'm saying though, it, it that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't it, matter. So it shouldn't have been there. They either should have cut that scene out altogether. Or added two more sentences to help get the viewer from point A to point B. Not that's just what, that the character. That was the thing where they were walking. That's point A to that's point B. That's literally 10 seconds. And they don't give any indication of what is happening or why the fountain was the only logical said, place. But he, he said, does anybody have a match? Yeah. So draw and the conclusion from They could have cut that out. Saying, you could draw the conclusion from him saying there's a spell that locates people. Does anybody have a match? Have a match. He's holding a match in the next scene. And, and again, they get there and it they're far from anything. They're and not, suddenly though. they're like, oh, it's Fountain. There, there needs they, to be more. This is a bad way to tell this story. I don't think it is. It is. I don't think so. It's poor storytelling. It gets it's you poor from writing. here There, here. I guarantee there was something else in that script or some scene that was cut out, some line somewhere in there that gave more indication because that is what should have happened. I don't. It was badly edited or badly written. One of the two. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it. It was. I think it's what it's supposed to be. Okay. It doesn't matter. Penny and Katie are walking together. Katie says psychic. And Penny says he wanted to punch Sutherland in the throat. And she says, you know, as a psychic, you think you could have seen this all coming. And he says, oh, woman, please. Which makes me want to, you know, punch him in the throat. And anyway, yeah. So then as they're walking, he goes, ah, hold on. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And he sees Quentin. Um, he says, are we actually doing this again? And my thought was, man, Penny really hates Quentin. Like, for no reason. He just <laughs> yeah. hates that man. Uh, then he yells at him, do you know how to close your mind? Because I will show you right wait, now. Wait, stop, stop. How do you know it was Quentin? Because he's standing in front of him talking to him. Don't be a dick. Wait, 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 wait. They were standing next to the fountain. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> and you can finish the podcast all by yourself. Anyway, Quentin says he thought he was closing his mind. Elliot gave him A and he kind of trails off. And then um, Penny says, seriously, man, Taylor Swift. And he says, I'm not singing Taylor Swift in my head. Then he goes, okay, I'll work on it. And then he like walks away. Um, So clearly you're kind of guy singing Taylor Swift in his head. Yeah, you know. Yep. Taylor Swift's Pandora Station is one of Ken's go-tos. I I am a Swifty. Big fan. I will tell you that now. So then we've got, and then he goes, Jeez, and like walks off. <laughs> he slinks behind the tree. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he goes like around the other side of the tree, like at the height. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Penny stands there and like glares at him. Yeah. Um. So Julia and the fiance, they're Julia like, and James. Yes. They're looking at an apartment. Yeah, sweet apartment. Like yeah. it's like oh, it's kind of weird because it's 
actually colorful. Mm-hmm. Like in the real world, it's all like dark, muted, like cold colors. But this apartment is like colorful. Yeah. Like actually has color to it's it. It's actually like bright. Mm-hmm. And you even talk about how it's got lots of light. It's really great. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry. I thought you were still considering Yale for the fall with me. And which I thought this was fall, but whatever. Well, um, I think it's because of all the cold colors that they have. No, but he talks about, I thought that this was fall. And he oh. says, I thought you were going to go to Yale with me in the fall oh, later okay. on, like months down the road. And I thought that they are in the fall already. Yeah. Like I thought school's already started. Um, and she's like all, you know, really spacey and kind of out of it. And he's like, okay, can we just talk about this? Where's your head? Why am I talking to myself? And she says she's been busy with class. And again, what classes? Like if they haven't... I mean, are they still in high school? Like, what are they still like finishing up their their bachelor's degrees? Like, yeah. like I mean, you know what? You know what else? Uh, you know what else? Uh, they have to talk about ad space, and we're back. Anyhow, so James is talking about like how he, you know he's been feeling like he's talking to him, talking to himself, but, like where's her head at? Mm-hmm. And she says she's been busy with class. And he asks if she's seeing someone else. And my thought was not yet. <laughs> right. And she gets all offended. And she's like, no, why would you ask that? Why? And he does because this whole. you've been gone. Yeah. Because you're different. You stand me up. You don't answer your phone. And he says like he's starting to feel like an asshole. Because mm-hmm. she's the one not answering him. So he's the asshole apparently. Whatever. Right. Um. Anyhow, <laughs> and she says, you know, you're, you're not, hey, I love you. You know that uh, I've been really moody lately, but I feel a lot better. And then she's like, James, hey, come on, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we're back at Braypills. Um, she, oh, I think you glossed over quite a bit on that. She tells him that she's been going to NA. That's later. Is it? Yeah. Yes, I have the script in front of me. That's later. How much later? Um, quite a bit. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, like way. Yeah, it's quite a bit later. It's toward the end. Oh. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um. Yeah. So bracket break pills. We have the two students. They're talking about the fountain while mm-hmm. they're sitting next to it, and how someone killed themselves on the fountain, and then someone says, you know, fifteen students and one dean. Mm-hmm. And the fountain's named after this Van Pelt person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, or maybe Van Pelt is the dean. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and they're kind of like talking about it a little bit more. And then we have like a flashback to the dean saying that the Van Pelt fountain is temporarily off limits. Yeah. And then we see the two students being dragged into the fountain by the dead hand. Um, I thought just one was pulled in and the other one was breaking out. Uh, no, I thought they were both pulled in. One was pulled in first, and the second one was pulled in. Oh, okay. He uh, says that they're both in the infirmary? Yeah, he says there's been an incursion. We think it's a garden variety haunting. They're redrawing the wards, or redrawing all the wards might have released it, because they had to redraw everything after mm-hmm. the beast came in. Um, he said, much like a mouse caught in the walls of a building. And then we hear the like the kids screaming, you know, help and freaking out. And he says, no one was seriously hurt. Both students are involved or recuperating in the infirmary. And I say, bullshit! Those kids are dead. Uh, <laughs> you think so? I think so. Oh. We never see them again. Well, yeah, but I mean, we see a lot of students we never see again. I think they're dead. <laughs> if they were still alive, we should have seen them somewhere. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think they are not in the infirmary. I think they're dead. I think he's lying to them. Hmm. Anyway, he says that it's off limits until they can lock it down. Um, 
then we have Alice and Quentin. They're walking back to the cottage and they go to her room. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about like, what if it was Charlie? Like, could it have been him if it wasn't preempted coincidence? Um, if it was Charlie, like, wouldn't he have reached out to you directly? And then we see there's glass horses all over her room of varying sizes. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Quentin's like, uh, maybe he just did. Yeah. <laughs> and they wonder, like, why he would try and drown a bunch of psychics. And mm-hmm. Alice's response is, um, have you met them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Oof. And then Margot pops in. She asks, uh, and they're down, downstairs they're at this downstairs point, I think. Yeah. And Margot pops in and she asks if they're talking about what happened at Woof. Mm-hmm. And Alice is like, that was a private conversation. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Margot says, well, meow, and like walks, walks off. off. Yeah. yeah. Apparently then, Alice doesn't trust her. No, I think she has, I think she has trust issues. I'm not mm-hmm. really sure. I, I think later in the series when we find out who her real parents are, it kind of explains a lot of the trust yeah, issues I that she so. has. Yeah, I think so um anyway uh alice said that she found like seven other spells or several other spells um there was a maori spell that she might have to cut a finger off but it might be preferable to the other side effects of the other spells yeah which i was like um she because you know, i'd have to cut off a finger but that might be preferable i'm like she needs to sort out her priorities yeah right she needs fingers <laughs> uh, yeah um and then we've got um but yeah, apparently it's that cutting off a finger would be preferable to talking to Margot. Oh. <laughs> was. was that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because um, he, like, you know, tells her, like, to go talk to Margot because she knows everything. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, that, you know, cutting off a finger is probably a better idea. <laughs> and this is when Elliot runs in and tells Quentin that he needs his help. It's the highest priority. And Quentin's like, all right, let's go. And oh, <laughs> like, doesn't he, yeah. Does, I don't think, I mean, he says, like, he keeps trying to help Alice, but then Elliot grabs him. Yeah, Elliot comes in, but Al, but Quentin does. Quentin's like, "All right, let's go." Like he doesn't say anything. Like he just gets him, goes with him. Because well, because he leans in and tells her, tells Alice that she should go talk to Margot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, as like Elliot's pulling on him, he's turning back to her and Mm -hmm. saying, "Like you should go talk to Margot because her her discipline is gossip." Yeah. And then we are with Quentin and Elliot outside, Mm -hmm. um, carrying a box or having a box. And he says, "There's a problem." Um, (laughs) This is where. Quentin wants to know what's in the box, and mm. Elliot says that Professor Sunderland came looking for a book from the physical cottage library, and it's missing. I diverted her attention, but and he's like, "What does that have to do with the box? What's in the box?" <laughs> and he's like, "Books at Breakfast, Quentin. They're not just books. If one goes missing, it's not just a library find we're talking about here." And he's like, "What's in the box?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says that the physical kids' cottage they have occasional parties, and during one, someone took a book. And if we don't find that book, the faculty are going to take a harder look at our parties, and that cannot happen, Quentin. <laughs> he's like, he's like, so what's in the box? <laughs> no. And then a very like Hagrid-esque book flies out of the box. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's like all flapping and all excited. Hagrid, if if you haven't uh, read Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Hagrid there is like the... a lot of like Harry Potter type references or uh, vibes in this particular yeah. episode for me. Yeah. Um, Elliot tells him that the missing book is volume one and that which was in the box is volume two and she is going to lead us to her mate. So they've got the book in the box and it's mm-hmm. like shaking around rat- yeah. rattling. And then we are at the Hedgewitch Clubhouse. <laughs> is that what you're calling it? Yes. The Hedgewitch Clubhouse? Yep. HWC. Okay. The Hedgewitch Clubhouse. Okay. <laughs> Um, so Julia's trying to unlock a pad, uh, padlock mm-hmm. and um, having trouble doing it. 
she says, okay, let me try it again. Margo's like, it should be easy. You're distracted. And she says that, you know, she's got a lot going on. And Mar- or Margo, um, Marina, excuse me, mm-hmm. is like, no, you don't. You have the spell. That's all. Yeah. This is when Julia asks how Marina's able to manage it all. She juggles magic and her life. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, I don't understand. She's like, question. what are you talking about? Like, I don't. She's this like, is it. Magic is my life. Yeah. I don't have anything else. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else. This is it. Um, and she tells Julia, you know, she probably thinks the boyfriend keeps her centered, right? And mm-hmm. and she's like, no, you're keeping him around just in case you fail and you need to fall back. And you have to, like, actually mean it for the magic to work because you have to yeah. cut your ties and, like, really be all in. You have to be, yeah, completely in. Yeah. To do so the, she's the trying to, you know, like, cut her off from yeah. the outside world. Like, she wants cold the hedge witches thing. to be the only thing in her life. Yeah. Super cold. Yeah. Super cold. Super magic cold. cold. <laughs> magic cold. Um, and then we've got... All you Alice need is the so um, leggings. <laughs> leggings, and they'll be uh, super cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got <laughs> Alice and Margot talking now, and this is where Alice like walks up and says, "I need your help." Like all awkward, Margot's like, "See, not so hard." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Alice tells her she just wants to know what's wrong with her brother. What happened to her brother? He was a student five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she, and Margot's like, "All right, what?" <laughs> Um, and she says that he was a physical kid. His name was Charlie. He died. And Margo's like, you know what? I did hear about that. And I totally thought that this was going to go a very different way. Like, I thought it was going to be like, I did hear about that. And, like, have her, like, lead her on, like, some wild goose chase on purpose because it's mm-hmm. funny. And she did not. Um, you thought they were going to kiss at this point, too, didn't I you? I did think that was going to happen, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was going to Actually, I thought it was going to be a little bit later, but I did think it was going to happen again. Um, and she's like, yeah, I woof. Five or six years back. I'm like, no shit. She just said it was five years ago. Like, yeah. She just said it to you. Um, so Alice for being really smart is kind of dumb. No, that was Margo who said that five or six years back. And I was like, no shit. Like oh. Alice just told you okay. he was there five years ago. And Margo was like, what? <laughs> um, and she talked about, you know, like it all makes sense now. Uh, and Alice is like, what makes sense? And she's like, you, the awkward thing. You have this anger underneath the ineffable air of tragedy. You wear like a perfume. <laughs> and Alice is like, can you just, just help me? Like, why, why is it like this? Um, this is where Margot tells her that she doesn't actually know anything. And, you know, it, but she it, knows, she knows, she knows a girl, yeah. she knows somebody who might know something. Emily Greenstreet. Yes. Emily Greenstreet. And Alice is like, who was she? And she's like, just a girl. Um, apparently when Charlie died, she took it really hard, dropped out, gave it magic. The full muggle, as she puts it. <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a scandal yeah. and they, they know like where she's at basically. Yeah. Well, she said that, um, they don't give everybody they they don't give everybody like they don't cut ties and then give someone a job they're trying to cover yeah something up. exactly yeah because they like they set her up in the city with a job mm-hmm. which is how you know they're hiding something big because most people when they leave if they're not like magical practitioners their mem- their memories wiped like, yeah. they don't know anything about it but in her case she's not practicing magic she's no longer involved in any way and yet she still has her memories and right. works somewhere else um so you know it's something major yeah and Margo's like, come on, let's go. And Alice is like, mm, no, I want to go alone. And Margo's like, you would, but you have no choice. Yeah. Let's go. If you want to talk to her, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, I'm going with you or you know nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we have some chick meditating in like an attic looking room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Penny, this is like where Penny shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she like, she's meditating and like her eyes like pop up and like just before Penny walks into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, 
welcomes him, says that she knew he was coming. I know you've been dreading this, but you're going to love it. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think Penny needs to like, lighten up a little bit. Right? God, like, yeah. Fuck. He's kind of awful. Yeah. Um, and she talks about the like the different coves they have are for meditation um, and their consciousness areas that are reserved for as a place for people to cry and process. And he's like, okay, sure. Um <laughs> And then she talks about how they have like a um, the amplifier, so it's like turning your psychic powers up to eleven. And he's like, "Why would anyone want to do this?" <laughs> yeah. Which then she points out that he's one of those guys who's trying to shut it all out, and you want to get control, um, or it's gonna like mess your shit up big time. And this is where you should practice it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "All right, what?" So she tells him just to sit, relax, let your mind wander. It's really simple, but you have to start letting go. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, "Less talking, no touching." <laughs> so apparently, Penny does not like to be touched. Yeah, right. Except by Katie, apparently. <laughs> um, so then he sits and begins to meditate, and he hears someone yelling, help, help mm-hmm. me, please. And then Penny opens his eyes. Totally different place, town. Looks Yeah, he's on, like, he's on a roof. Asian. Yeah. yeah. He's on the roof, and there's like a, a billboard behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... I could probably, we probably could have just looked at the billboard and figured out where it was. Probably, but we were not that quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like different country, seems mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But he's not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Margo and Alice find Emily. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) I love it. They're walking up and like Emily like sees them coming and like turns to leave. And Margo's Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 don't run. These shoes are insane. (laughs) Yeah. So of of all the reasons you have to run, please just stay because my feet hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I can't run. In these heels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she knows they're from Breakville's, and she says that, you know, that part of her life is behind her. And then Alice says, Charlie's my brother. I just want to know what happened to him. And then Emily explains, basically, yeah. she had a thing with her professor, uh, which, who are all these professors they're all getting it on with? Like, all of, like, Elliot, Margot, this Emily chick, they're all, like, having flings with these professors. What professors? We just haven't seen any. We've only seen four professors at this whole damn school. Yeah, you know, just the professors. God, anyway. Um, it also seems like there's a lot more students than there should. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird. Like, we see, like, four students, and yet there should be, like, a couple hundred, it right. seems like. But whatever. Anyhow, she fell for a professor. She knows how it sounds. She was young, and he loved me, but he was married. Oh, sad. Oh, of course. Um, and she's talking about how, you know, like when you're that age, you get really bad ideas. She thought she could make him love her again. Um, not with a love spell like Margot thinks it is, but she thinks that she can make herself prettier. And Margot says, oh, God, no one warned you how dangerous that was? And I'm like, what? How dangerous is it? Why do we know this is dangerous? Once again. Um, Emily says that she she knew how dangerous it was, but she convinced herself it was the only way to get him back, and it took her weeks to figure out how to do it. Mm. And when she did, it did not go well. So we have flashback time. <laughs> um, she was she was going to kill herself. She's like at the fountain sobbing. So we see her like in her room, mm-hmm. and you hear like a big you know bang sound, and then she's like screaming and sobbing. Yeah. Um, and then we see her at the fountain. No idea how she got there, but she's there. Um, and then. What's his name? Charlie. Here we go. <laughs> I want to call I him like, George for some what reason. Are you, what are uh, you talking about? We see Charlie, Charlie like, yep. running up behind her and going, Emily, wait, what happened? What did you do? And she's like, no, let me kill myself. And, and he's um, like, let me try to help. He says he just wants to help. And she like begs him not to tell anybody. And he tells her, wait there. He's going to fix it. And so he runs off. And she keeps like sobbing and like groaning mm-hmm. a bunch. 
I don't know if she's in pain or what. Like I would, from oh. the sound she's making, I'm assuming she's in pain. But she, she like yeah, she turns weird. and her face is like all. I don't know. It looks. Well, like it looks like she had a stroke. It looks like she had a stroke. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I feel like her reaction to what her face looks like is a bit more dramatic than it. Well, but she was like a teen. I mean, she's teen, like a early. She's like in her twenties. Yeah, she's like in her early twenties. Yeah. Like, I mean, if your face did that. I don't know. I still feel it's a bit dramatic for the situation. Um, (laughs) Anyhow, so she talks about how Charlie mashed a bunch of stuff together. It was totally untested. Um, She really believed that he might actually be able to undo what she did because he was a good magician. Mm -hmm. And she says he would have done anything for me. And, um, you know, because he probably loved her. Like, for some reason. We don't have any other backstory to this, but I have a feeling he was in love with this woman. Or he just was a good guy. I think he was in love with her because, I mean... Why, why else? I feel like it was like a friend zone situation. Like she knew how he felt about her, but she did not reciprocate his feelings because she's like, he would have done anything for me. Yeah. Because he was in love with you. Like, and she knew it. Hmm. That's the vibe I get. <clears throat> Anyhow, um, she says it was a lot. It was too much. She begged him to stop, but he wouldn't. And then that's when it went totally out of control. Mm-hmm. And she says it being the magic burned right through him until he wasn't there anymore. And she says, you know what a niffin is? And Margo says, nope. Alice says, Yes. It's when too much magic runs through you. It consumes you until only magic is left and you're not you anymore. You're just lost. Mm-hmm. And this is when Alice asks, like, where did Charlie go? And she says, I don't know. He was just gone. Never saw him again. How did he become a Niffin then? And not just dead. Well, she, never she saw, saw him, him turn into a Niffin and then he left. Yeah, but they give no indication of what a Niffin is supposed to look like or how she knew what a Niffin well, was. Like, I mean, she, I... She must have known what a Niffin was. I feel like we're drawing straw. We're just picking hairs now. Well, I, I, they don't give any indication. Again, same thing as earlier. Um, so they wonder, like, who fixed her face? And she says that her professor did. And Margo's like, well, I guess you got his attention after all. <laughs> um, yeah. And then she quit yeah. school, gave up magic, never looked back. And she was like, but I'm really sorry about Charlie. So Charlie, <laughs> you know, basically died to help her. And she was like, I didn't look back. I hate it all. Oops. Yeah. Bummer. Like, okay. Which, again, makes me feel like he was just, like, deeply in the friend zone. And she just didn't reciprocate any of his feelings for her. Yeah. Um, now we've got Quentin and Elliot. They're walking on the street. Um, they're outside the hedge, which is secret clubhouse. Secret being in quotes because it's not so secret. I don't, yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like anybody walking, like, they go into a convenience store and they'd be like, okay, we're in a convenience store. And then, like, they got a bunch of weird shit on the outside of the, yeah. the place and, like. Apparently, any any magician can just walk by and go like, "Oh, it's super warded." Yeah, like he even says that because like so they they know that this is where they're supposed to go because the book inside the box is like going crazy. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, we're close." And he says, the, "This bodega is warded up the ass." And he's like, "Hedge witches, amateurs, they're magical d leaguers, mm-hmm. sad and desperate people." He said one of them offered to blow him for a spell. And he's like, "It was it was hardly worth it. It was fairly worth it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he tells Quentin to let him do the talking. Yeah. Um, and then they like walk in and the Quentin's like, wait, these are witches. And he's like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> um, and yeah, then he, he, they walk in, like they just kind of like walk through. Yeah. Like they just like walk into this back room. Yeah. Of and he store. looks up and he's like, Hey, that kid right there is trying to do popper number four. And mm-hmm. he's like pathetic. Yeah. He's like, well, you're painful. God. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, here, you're selling something. And this is when we see Julia. Um, and she goes, Quentin. He's like, Oh, hi. Like, 
not yeah. at all surprised to see her. He's just like, hey, hey my, my friend's here. Going? Look yeah. at that. While he's holding this box with the book in it. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to know what the hell they're doing there. And this is when Pete wants to know if she knows them. And um, she's like, yeah, they're from Breakbills. And <laughs> I'm friends with them. And they're like, yeah, we're from Breakbills. We're classically trained. We want our book. That's what Elliot says. <laughs> we want our book. Which I love that he says they're classically trained. Yeah. Um, and then Marina, I think it is, says they don't have their stupid book. This is when the book flies out of another room, like busts through a door. Mm-hmm. And then the two books like chase each other around and start like very aggressively having what I guess would be called sex if you're a book. What would you call it as a book? I, I don't know. Booking? Maybe. Book- <laughs> book They're booking each other. <laughs> Book ending? Yeah. They're, um, they're spelling. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> when so, the when the daddy book puts puts his words in the mommy book, there's a baby book, a baby book volume book. three. Oh my god, that'd be so crazy if that's how they re- if that's like how they got new books is like they new magic books. Yeah, the books reproduce themselves. Oh my god, that'd be insane. <laughs> so Quentin's like, wait, are they doing or would that? would it be would it be like the book just gets more and more distilled? Like it'd be like you know, volume one and volume two are like okay. Like this is a continuation of this topic, and then they they do their thing, and volume three is done, and it just distills volume one and two. You're thinking way too hard and then, about like, these books. Volume three, three is like, books. oh crap, he needs to find like a mate, so he goes over and finds another book that's similar, and then they do their thing. That's gonna be really loud. And then they do their thing, and it's like it's like it makes either a volume. To a volume one of a new book, or it makes a volume four of the original book. I think you're putting too much thought into that. <laughs> I mean, they don't they don't tell us in the book about it though. Anyway, so the books are booking. Um, Elliot spelling. says they're spelling. they're spelling. Fine, the books are spelling. Elliot says love wins, um, <laughs> and <laughs> they leave. Um, and then out in the. Um, alley behind mm-hmm. the building this is where julia like runs out and she's oh, like i am so tired of julia oh my god point. me too she's, she's like, like that's all you're gonna say to me and elliot's like don't talk to her keep walking yeah and she's like she's like uh i thought someone you know she like goes on about like how she, she can't live without magic and i'm like okay yeah so he's like what are you stop. doing here you're like, better than all this you, and she's like yeah. you said like i had a choice you had a fucking choice you could have gone to yale like i mean okay yes magic you're like able to do this stuff for some reason, your memory didn't get wiped all the way. Fine. Yeah. Which she did on purpose. Like, she, Fine. Yeah, she you, made it happen. Fine. Yeah, you figured it out on your own. However, you have a ton of other shit going for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fucking give it up. Like, give it a rest. Like, you're, you're, you're forcing something that the powers that be are like, it's just not for you. Right. Like, well, I mean, she even she even like complains that you know magic wasn't just handed to her like it was to him, and like on and on about how you know I I told you to please tell him about me, and I thought you know they'd test me again, and then they didn't test me again. And I thought that someone would come and take my memory again, and, and they never did. And I'm right. just like her sense of entitlement is just off the charts here. Right. Like, and it's, it's like look, break break bills. The 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 magic university is like. We don't want you. Yeah. Well, and he even says, he's like, let it go. Because he, yeah. he, like, she gets angry because she says that she realized that like, he never told them about her. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I, I'm sorry I didn't, but, like, you need to let it go. Yeah. They don't think you belong there. Like, the people at Breakfast, they can bend light. They read minds. They can fly. 
And he's like, you can do a party trick. And I'm like, uh, but what can Quentin do? None of this. Different true, issue. true. Different, yeah. different problem. Quint, but but Quentin, oh, jeez. Quentin can actually, like, read the shit, though. Yeah. Like, she couldn't he even. He actually passed the test. Like, she, she couldn't, couldn't even, like, read, get through. Get through the test. Like, the test is, like. And he was able to move through that. I mean, it's like, it's, fucking, yeah. it's like Harry Potter. Like, if you don't get a letter. You don't go. You don't yeah. go. And it's like, I'm sorry. But I'm pretty sure there's like there's children from two wizard parents who don't get a letter, mm-hmm. and it's like, why did They're I get a letter? Squibs. It happens. Yeah. yeah. So like, I I I I'm like 100 percent sure like. Yeah, she she would have washed out. It wouldn't have worked out well. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it's not. It's not right? working out well. Well, and then she's like, okay, so I guess this is the real you. And he's like, did you ever stop to think about how you treated me? Like, really? And this is where they're having, like, the big blow up that they probably mm-hmm. have been waiting on for a long time. Yeah. And she's like, what? I was always there for you. And he's like, what? You were you were so nice to poor little Quentin who couldn't get his shit together. You know, I was like your pet for you and James. I was your charity case. And, and she's like, no, that's not how it was. And he's like, you knew how I felt about you. You knew that I was in love with you. And she's like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> And he's like, you know what? Just a minute. Like, stop. So yeah. so she thinks that he's punishing her for it. And um, this is where he's like, you can't blame me for not keep, like, trying to bring you back into this world. And he's like, does James even know you're here? You're hanging out with a bunch of tweakers who are turning spells for tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, which she's like. Turning um, tricks for spells. Turning. Yes, thank you. Turning <laughs> tricks for spells. <laughs> turning spells for tricks. Uh, I mean, isn't that what a spell? It's been a long day. It's been a very long day. Turning tricks yeah. for spells. Because um, clearly, I mean, like, you know, Elliot says that one of the hedge witches offered him, like, a blowjob in exchange mm-hmm. for a spell. So clearly, at some point, someone in this group is doing that. Yeah. Um, and Julia, like, doesn't want to believe it because she's, you know, deep into the cult at this point. Right. Yeah. And she's, I mean, I feel like she's just, like, grasping at straws at the yeah. same time. She's just like, well, this. And he's like, really think about what you're doing. And she's like, well, this. And he's like, yeah, he tells her to stop slumming because she's pissed that she lost for once in her life. Yeah. He's like, just get over it. You lost. You weren't the best. I was. Yeah. Just move on. Right. Uh, and he tells her to grow up, basically. And then she she says, um, do you love magic? It's in your soul. Is it like the secret heart of what you always were? And she's like, um, what? <laughs> or he's like, no, just stop. Yeah. Um, and she's like, so then you know how I feel. And then she storms off. Yeah. And Quentin turns to Elliot, who like sarcastically claps at him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, Elliot makes it funny. Yes. <laughs> Love Elliot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think he does. I think, I think the whole, like Elliot clapping like that kind of puts everything into perspective. It's like, look, these people that you're with, like were people that you knew. Yeah. And it's like, look. They, you know, I don't know. It just, it just kind of like, I felt like it kind of wrapped up that whole scene pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, but also it's kind of like a, okay, move on now. Like, yeah. he was just yelling at Julia to move on. Now, like, Elliot's kind of making it pretty clear that it's time for him to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Dean Fogg and Professor Sunderland are in a van on a random street. And then we see mm-hmm. Penny walk up. He's got his hood over. Like, he's, like, kind of looking a little freaked out. Do they show up before he walks in? I thought I thought they walked in and, like... His body was covering the windows. No, he like walks around a corner, and you like you see their van sitting on the corner. He like walks around. But do you actually see them? Yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah, you see them them, like sitting in the. mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like sitting in the car, and then he like walks around. Oh, okay. Um, And they say, "Get in." Um, Anyway, so he climbs in. Yeah. (laughs) But this is interesting. Which one of them is the traveler? Neither. How do they get the van there? I assume that they have other magical ways of traveling. Because neither of them is a traveler. 
but doesn't doesn't Sunderland say that she's gonna start training him? Yeah, she personally? says that she's spent time around travelers. Hmm. I kind of feel like she's a traveler. I don't think so because um, she tells him that she's had the like chance to be around lots of travelers. I've learned a great deal about traveling over the years. Yeah. So I don't think she's a traveler. I think as she's mm. been around them. Um, but they tell me he's a traveler. Um, it's so they, she made a mistake of thinking he was just psychic, but it's more complicated. He's a, this is where the, the Dean says you're a traveler. And he's like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. and they tell him it's the rarest, most difficult discipline. Travelers can with some training go anywhere on earth instantly, just like what he did. And with a great deal of training can actually move between the other worlds. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> other worlds. Um, and Dean says, if the gift doesn't kill you first. And he's like, great. That's just fucking great. Um, and <laughs> I love this part. The The dean goes, you know why I'm here? To say this. You've been a thin layer of insouciance over an open pit of self-pity for your entire life. This is not a joke. You do not have the luxury to mess around. Now that this is out of the bottle, you will study this. You will master this. Do you understand? Yeah. And I feel like this is code for stop fucking whining. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this love. Penny's power reminds me. Did you ever watch that movie Push? Um, yes. I remember almost none of it. Okay. So, like, their whole thing is they can go anywhere in the world. Yeah, but just by, like, anything. thinking about it, right? They, but they have to see a picture of, like, where they're going. Yeah. So, like, um... Like, one of the guys, he goes to a bank and is like, can I see the inside of your vault? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, says he's got a lot of money. He's going to put it in there. Mm-hmm. He needs to make sure the vault is late. So oh, like, and he can, like, he go like, back later. He walks in and he can, like, like put, put quote, unquote, push himself in there. Mm-hmm. Grab all the money he possibly can and then push himself out without tripping any lines or anything like that. Because he already, he's seen it. Yeah. And then it gets to the point where, like, he can, like, look at a picture of, like, a jungle and, like, push himself there because he can see that in his mm-hmm. mind anyway it's kind of remember this it kind of reminds me of penny's um power yeah like i'm assuming that eventually he's gonna just be able to look at a picture or something like that and then go wherever he wants to go yeah i think so i mean yeah. and then this is where um, he's like so we're just gonna drive all the way back back, back to breakville so clearly they're somewhere quite mm-hmm. far away um this is where they're like we're already there and then you see like they're in front of the big building yeah. near the fountain somewhere or something um, and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> and then this is where Sunderland says that she's done a, learned a great deal about traveling over the years. And they're going to start on one-on-one tutorials to help him get a handle on his ability. Mm-hmm. And then the dean goes, yes, before you accidentally transport yourself inside a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> and Penny's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do not do that. And he's like, is this a joke? I don't understand. <laughs> Um, and then we've got Quentin and Elliot are inside the cottage again. Mm-hmm. And you can hear another student trying to like get inside. Oh, yeah. And being like, come on, assholes. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> they're drinking, and he's like, they're drinking like straight from the bottle. Yeah, too, he's like, like, should we help them? And he's like, no. <laughs> uh, Quentin asked if they should help. And Elliot doesn't even like, he's like, no, it's fine. He's just like, no, no help. Yeah. Um, and then it's Katie. It sounds like her. Mm-hmm. And then she's the one that comes in. Um, but yeah, and so Quentin's like drowning his sorrows about Julie. And he's like, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it got so bad. We were such good friends. And, and Elliot's like, look, you found out who you are. And she found out who she's not. It's life. Like, mm-hmm. just right move on and then right. katie comes in and she's like how long were you douchebags gonna leave me out there because she figured out how to get into the car she blew now. the door off the hinges <laughs> she did. i'm pretty sure she used battle magic because yeah. that's like the only spell that we've seen her cast yeah true is battle magic yeah yeah um and elliot says oh never mind that now you're with your people and she's like fantastic Whatever. and she sits down yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um so she comes in 
has a drink, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't is it Alice that comes in next? Yeah, we've got Alice with uh, Nip and Box, and oh. um, I think it's Quentin asks if it has a lid, and she's like, nope, there isn't one. The Nip and becomes fused with the wood, it's unable to escape. Mm-hmm. So there's no like lid or box, but it's just there. Yeah. Um, and then she tells him that he asks how to activate it. She says this short chant: "You repeat, I bind you in both Turkish, Turkish and English." And then, and then he's like, that's pretty easy. Yeah, and Alice kind of like gets a little manic now. She's like, it's fine, it's whatever. Um, well, she tells him that, it, it, but there's a month-long chant that had to happen before yeah. the box was <laughs> able to be d- to do that. Yeah, which I'm like, where'd you get the box from? <laughs> anyway. Um, she bought it. And he says, so the enchantment's research. And she's like, we're not going to use the box. I'm like, then why have the fucking box? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't, like, like, I don't know why she has it when she's so against using it. Maybe, like, this is my thought process, is, like, she's looking through books, right? And she's, mm-hmm. like, niffin' box. And she just, like, she does, like, what I do sometimes where it's, like, I'm reading a book and I'm skimming and I'm, like, I need this piece of information right here. And then I don't really read, like, the other stuff. And then I get that, like, get the thing and I look and I'm, like, this is a round peg and it's supposed to go in this square hole. And I read around it and I'm, like, oh, they're talking about this actually thing. And so she's probably, like, looking through and, like, niffin', niffin', niffin'. Oh, niffin'? need a niffin box and she like goes and she gets a niffin box and she's like this isn't gonna work the way i want but it where to. would she have gotten it from it doesn't sound like it's I mean, she that's has like some encouraged pretty, yeah i'm not sure i mean i'm sure that i'm sure there's like magic black market or you know something true like that. and especially you know if i mean obviously niffins are a thing that people know about not everybody though because margo didn't know what a niffin was sure but i mean people know about it so I mean, there's got to be a niche market somewhere that she could probably just be like Oh yeah, an infant box. Uh, this probably this guy's made one, and then she could have gone. And I feel like it's one. another scene in this particular episode that leaves too much open to the like the imagination. There's too much interpretation there. Mm. Um, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But she's then you know she's like we're not gonna use the box. We're gonna bring Charlie back. <laughs> and my thought here was because bringing us back from the dead is always a good plan. Yeah, I mean that's why genies can't do it, right? <laughs> Um, and then Quentin's like, okay, so this is where I point out that you are nuts. Yeah. Um, and she's like, look, I've been doing some research on, or he says that he's been doing research on Niffins. They're not even alive. There's something else. Yeah. And she's like, well, you knew about magic three months ago. Yeah. She's like, whatever. You didn't know anything about this. She yeah. knows he's out there. He's somewhere. Um, and she's like, is there anything in the literature that says that going to becoming a Niffin is reversible? And she's like, nothing it says that it isn't. Isn't. Yeah. And it's like, uh, Okay. Um, so then she talks about she found this spell that can transmutate certain meta-quantum energies into matter, in theory. And she's combined it with an advanced transformation ritual. And he's like, Alice, this is, like, this is big. This is a major spell. Um, and she goes, what, because you can't do it? And he's like, no one can do this. You're making it up as you go along. You're an amazing magician. And she's like, don't patronize me. And he's like, I'm not. I am telling you, this is a bad idea. And then she's like, you only went back three months ago. What do you know? And he's like, all right, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like. This is crazy. I feel like the Quentin and Alice don't know, but everybody, like everybody that's higher up, like in the, in the college is like, these people are like the ones or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you would think that like the college would bend over backwards to like help. I feel like if they had just gone to like, Dean Fogg to begin with, a lot of this shit could have been like 
mitigated. Right. Well, I feel like from some of the stuff that Julia, not Julia, Alice says at the beginning, because no one ever told them what happened to her brother. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, not willing to go ask about it. Right. But I but also I, feel I, like once we meet her family, like, they're totally uninterested in learning what happened. Yeah. Too. Well, she, so, yeah, but I mean, I feel like, I feel like she could, like, I, I don't know. I, I just get the, I get, I get the feeling that if she had asked Dean Fogg, Dean Fogg would have been like, well, I can't tell you that right now. Yeah. And then we could have had some other, like a little different, like. He might have even told her though. Yeah. Like he might have told her what happened. Like he tried to save another student and he ended up dying. Like. I mean, that doesn't seem like clandestine, um, like information. Yeah. Right. Like I feel like, well, also it's, it, it almost seems to me like she is so used to being a loner that she's like going there with this whole, like, I have to find out only I can find it. it. I'm the only one rather than like, Hey, you're the Dean here. You know what happens. Can you give me some info? Like pretty. Well, and also like, you know, I think, I think a lot of these spells and stuff like that are forcing her to like come out of her shell and like actually find people Mm -hmm. like the first spell, the telephone spell, like it had to have four people. Yeah. And she got four people like that. They're not necessarily like super uh, close, but they're familiar. Like, you know, like she gets familiar with them, mm-hmm. I guess, is my, my point. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so she's like insistent that she has to find out what happened to Charlie. Um, she's That's the only reason she's here. She has to, you know help him basically and mm-hmm. she she knows she can so she's going to <laughs> and quentin's like all right okay uh, and then this is where we have james and julia in her apartment and, yeah, and um, this, that's yeah okay. yeah so he you know she thanks him for coming and he's like i was surprised you called me i thought you disappeared because you know we talked the other day and you were just gone all of a sudden yeah um and he's like do you finally want to tell me what's happening and she's really quiet and he's like look last call I'm like i'm done <laughs> And she doesn't know how to talk about it. She got involved with something. It made her wanting up everything, you know, life, school, all of it. Got under my skin. And and she's and he's like, just tell me what it is. And she's like, it's Adderall. She, yeah, she is, changes you know, the keychain. Yeah. yeah, she pulls her keys out of her pocket and changes them into, like, I think an NA yeah, chip is what NA it looks chip. like. Yeah, or keychain or something. I mm-hmm. don't know. Enough to fool James. Yeah. And <laughs> she's she's like, I've, you know, I was started taking, I was applying to grad school, then more and more. I've been a bitch, but mm-hmm. I've been going to meetings. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, this explains everything. Like, yeah, how well, are this, you? And, well, guess what? I can help. Like, mm-hmm. I know like, what to do. Can I hug you? And <laughs> like, she's like, I really wish you would. And like, he, every guy's dream is like, is like, oh, something's the matter. She won't tell me. And then she's like, it's Adderall. And he's like, fuck, he's I can like, do I Adderall. I can handle this. Like, she's getting treatment. I can deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> um, and she, she, you know, hugs him and says, I really, really love you, you know? And he was like, I know I'm amazing, <laughs> which I thought was just hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then they're in bed later and mm-hmm. she gets a text from Marina to meet her in 20 minutes. And I, I wrote, she, she gets a text from queen bitch to meet someplace. <laughs> the queen bitch of New York. I think yeah. It is. New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she goes, yeah. Um, which I don't know. Like, I kind of hate that she pretends like she is an addict mm-hmm. but at the same time like i feel like she's an addict right like the way she's behaving and like getting super into um you know the magic and everything it's the but... same way that happened to me when i got into cocaine <laughs> exactly yeah exactly that's it yeah um yeah so <laughs> but what i think is interesting is earlier in the episode marina was telling her that basically like she can't be great at magic if she's got this boyfriend like she's got one foot in the other world she can't put 
everything into learning magic and becoming a magician mm-hmm. if she still got this one foot in the other world. And yet here she is doing what she needs to do and making up this lie to right. keep him yeah. rather than just cutting, cutting it off and letting it go. Right. Which makes me wonder, you know, like, is she doing this to prove that she can do both, that she's just that good, which yeah. she's not? Um, or is she just not really ready to fully commit to magic like marina said she had to Mm -hmm. which i feel like that's more surprise would be more surprising to me than her thinking she could handle it all yeah but yeah so they're gone or she's gone and then quentin and alice are at the fountain um and quentin's like all right so we're here what do we do and then alice is um like kind of like reading from her plan or her spell mm-hmm. she says arrive at the place of his transportation present yourself there's there's a third step and he's like what's the third step <laughs> um and she says that she has to call to him with something personal between us and she said there's this song that he used to sing to her when she was feeling bad which was all the time <laughs> and she starts singing yeah. won't you come see about me she's a surprisingly good voice actually yeah that's where i wrote that too i said pretty good singer yeah uh, this is where he's like um is that from the breakfast club <laughs> She's like, Shh. and then you look over and you see some dude sitting across the fountain. And then mm. he gets up and he's got, you know, creepy bluish eyes. Yeah. Weird, like dead eyes. Like he's got like uh, the like little like sparklies and stuff like mm. that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alice runs over and, you know, it's Charlie. Um, he says her name. And I then. Said I, got, <laughs> I said, got the Niffin vibe. Yes. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and then this is where she like runs over and she's like, oh my God, it's you. I can't believe it's you. I've missed you. Um, and then he like is suddenly behind her mm-hmm. and then he's um, like grabs her arms and is squeezing her and she's saying like you're hurting me that hurts mm-hmm. you're confused it's me and then she's like why are you doing this why and then there's like a super creepy laugh mm-hmm. um and then quentin's like hey alice <laughs> i don't think this is normal like yeah um and alice is like still trying to like get him to like recognize her basically mm-hmm. um and then all of a sudden charlie is up on the stairs behind them like going to the that building by the fountain, yeah. Um, and he's like walking toward them now, which I thought was weird. It was still doing that really creepy laugh. Yeah, like, yeah. Why did he like bamf that far away from them just to come back to them? Whatever. Um, I think it's just to show like how chaotic he is. Like he doesn't like he he's they, they already said like he it's not himself, mm-hmm. it's not the person. It he's just lost. So I'm wondering if they just. You know, did that. Or he's coming down the steps from the flashback that we saw. And that's just like the last. Oh, maybe. From like the last thing he had done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Could be a lot. Of, I mean, it could be tons of different things. Getting true. the high ground. I mean, I don't Again, know. Again, like super up into interpretation. Um, yeah. So this is where Alice yells like, you know, Charlie, stop. I'm going to help you. And she starts doing like this incantation and hand motions. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin's like, um, he's going to fucking kill us. Like, this yeah. is not going to work. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill you. And she's like, shut up, I can do this. And she gets, like, more frantic. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, the magic kind of, like, you know, starting to consume her. She starts to become a Niffin. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where um, Quentin realizes that, like, it's not going to work. Like, for real, it's not going to work. And he tells her, like, it's not Charlie. This isn't going to work. You're going to kill yourself. And then this is when Quentin starts chanting the binding spell. Yeah, he pulls out the Niffin box, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice gets super pissed off, which is which is kind of sad because we get get a really cl- like a much closer look at the Niffin box, mm-hmm. and it is so shabbily made. Like yeah. it's like this is <laughs> it's like sci-fi was like this is the third episode. <laughs> like oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not sure what's okay, like, gonna will happen. Will we get with a second that? season? Yeah. So they're like, how much is our budget? How, here's some balsa wood. <laughs> that's what it <laughs> looks like. You've got me. thirty bucks. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> head for Hobby Lobby. 
Get some stuff. Whatever. I mean, I think for 30 bucks, I could make a better one for Hobby Lobby, <laughs> but that's me. Um, so he gets Charlie into the box mm-hmm. and he goes, bye, Charlie. Um, and then Alice is like, what the fuck? You bought, you brought the box. Like, why? And this is when she like loses it. He, and Quentin's like, he was going to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. that's what he was going to do. You were going to kill yourself or he was going to kill you. You were going to die. Right. And she gets really angry that Quentin thought he had to save her. And she's like, fuck you, Quentin. And he was like, you were going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. Yeah. And she leaves, like just takes off. Mm-hmm. She like huffs off. And then I think it's the next day. Uh, we see Margot. It's that night, I think. Is that night? It looked yeah. like it was light outside, though. Oh, maybe, maybe it was. Yeah, I, it was I don't like know. She's packed. Either way, she's packing. She's packed and she's leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and Margot asks her where she's going, and she's like, "I'm done here for good. You should be happy. Less competition." Um, <laughs> and and, and Margot is like, like, "I like competition. I like competition." Which <laughs> one? Very classy of Margot to say yeah. such a thing. And second, Alice is not Margot's competition. Where did Alice get that idea? Yeah. Like, she's not. No. She's not her competition. May, may, maybe the only the only competition I think Margot has with Alice is Quentin. Yeah. But I don't think Quentin even, like, registers on Margot's, like, I want to sleep with that boy Mm-mm. thing. I, I think in a pinch that Quentin would work. But I don't think... I don't... Th- she she never shows any serious interest in Quentin. That's Elliot. Elliot does. shows yeah, yeah but, he shows even, but even interest. but even then Elliot, it's not really serious. I yeah. think, um, but no, like Alice is not her competition in any way, shape, or form. Also, I think that Margot has a thing for Alice. Oh yeah, you think so? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know low key. low key. Like she's not like falling all over herself for Alice, but she's like happening <laughs> and like she wouldn't say no yeah. but yeah i think that'd be like the only reason that i think she would Margaret say no i think she'd say no like the first couple of times she was margo no uh, alice oh i'm talking about margo no yeah like margo's not like obsessed with her but she'd be yeah. like eh, if it's over let's go <laughs> but yeah right no so yeah. yeah episode three that was the end of it that was in alice is leaving because she's angry at quentin yeah her brother's a niffin and he's in a box now and quentin Forever. is bewildered <laughs> Quentin has no idea what the fuck is going on with yeah. his life. All he knows is that he tried to save Alice and Alice is pissed at him now. Yeah. So, yeah. And there we go. That's episode three. Right. I did not enjoy that episode particularly. No, I couldn't tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I feel like I might have to read the book though because, like, there's just a lot that's just left open. Mm-hmm. This, like, so far in the whole series, I've noticed there's just a lot of just like holes they don't fill in right and i'm finding it very annoying so, but yeah <laughs> yeah cool well again guys uh email kn.umbrella at gmail.com come visit us on our facebook page uh, later this week we'll have a link to a discord server that you can come and chat with us mm-hmm. say hey uh do all that kind of good stuff um and um yeah and check out the Facebook page for the Umbrella Academy interview, too, right. with the cast. Right. Because that, yeah, that that'll too. be up soon. Awesome. All right. Uh, goodbye.